Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, Dallas Greenway continues our series, Emotions, where we will talk about what Christians should do with their emotions. We talk about anger this week, looking at Matthew 21, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus' anger towards the people mistreated in the temple. Dallas talks about how we can look at Jesus' righteous anger as an example for ours, letting the Holy Spirit guide us and not our angry emotions. We hope you enjoy this message. Uh, Well, we are in week three of our emotion series. Can you believe that? April is almost over. That's kind of wild. In this series, remember, we've been talking about emotions. Uh, We've been talking about what to do with our emotions. What does the Bible say? Do we even see emotions in Jesus's life? The answer is yes. Here's what I want you to do as we start. We're going to practice some emotions on our faces, all right? So I want you to turn to your neighbor and give them the biggest smile the biggest, cheese, just happy face that you can make, all right? Maybe turn to your other neighbors, show them that face. Now I want you to give them your saddest face. Maybe the biggest puppy dog eyes that you can possibly make. Try, try that full range of emotions this morning. Uh, now, now turn to your neighbor. You just found out that you get to go on a crazy trip, like the place you've always wanted to go to. You're surprised. You're shocked. And you don't have to worry about COVID. You don't have to worry about paying for it. Yeah, that'd be amazing, right? Praise, praise. Face of surprise. Wow, some of you, I think, are angry about it. I think that that's what that is, smashing chairs. Now turn to your neighbor and make an angry face. Make like the meanest, nastiest like, when you're trying to look real tough and you're, you're taking a selfie, you're trying to post, like, the tough... Oh, my gosh. There's a lot of, like... My goodness, there's a lot of net grabbing happening on here. I didn't say to physically hurt your friend. Just, like, look at them with your face in a way that hurts their soul, okay? Uh, that's, that's the kind of anger I'm talking about. Actually, anger, that last one that you guys just did, that is what we were talking about this morning. We were talking about our anger, the, the emotion of anger. And maybe more than any other emotion, anger is probably the one that people are like, is that a sin? Like, is it, is it a sin to be angry? Maybe you've thought that before. Maybe you thought it after you did something out of anger, right? You were like, well, that thing I did was probably a sin, but was it, was it even sinful to uh, be angry in the first place? So that's what we're going to talk a little bit about this morning. And the short answer on that, uh, on is anger a sin, is actually no. Anger is, is not a sin. But Anger can quickly become sin or lead to sin, right? So no, anger is not a sin. Anger is one of the, the many emotions that we have. It's actually an emotion that we're going to see Jesus uh, exhibit for us in just a minute. We're going to see kind of an example of Jesus's righteous anger, if you will, and what that looked like, how he took that out. Uh, we're going to read a, a passage in Matthew in just a minute where, where that happens. So anger is a normal, natural part of who we are. Hey, boys, boys, chill out. The rest of the room is looking at you, and it's really distracting for everyone in the room, and so that's not fun for anybody. All right? Um, so anger is a natural, normal part of our like emotional range and our, our human being, but but anger can, can very quickly turn to sin, right? You guys know this, that anger 
pretty quickly can turn to like hate or hatred towards another person, right? Which would be sinful. Anger can pretty quickly lead us to doing things or saying things that maybe feels really good in the moment. Just to get up. I just had to get up, get that off my chest, but actually it's really hurtful and, and hateful and, uh, and sinful, right? So anger can, can pretty quickly turn to sin. Actually, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, kind of gives us some insight on that. It says, be angry and do not sin. So apparently there's a way to be angry and not sin. So anger by itself is not a sin, uh, but, but we're warned here. Paul warns us in Ephesians 4 uh, not to sin when we're angry. Do not, let the si- do not let the sun, not the sin go down. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil, right? So this may be something your parents have said to you. Hey, if you're angry, don't you go to bed before you ask for forgiveness, right? Like, have you ever heard that? And your parents are like, don't lay your little baby head on that pillow before you ha- have a talk with that person, right? Don't let the sun go down on your anger. That, that is a, just a good principle uh, here from Ephesians, from the Apostle Paul on, yeah, take care of your anger. Deal with it. Ask for forgiveness. Go have a conversation with that person. Take that anger before God. Whatever you need to do, because, you know, next morning you wake up, if you haven't taken care of it, more, more likely than not, it's going to keep moving its way towards sin. Anger that is not taken care of starts to fester, starts to boil, starts to bubble up. Many of us tend to bottle it up. And that's what he's actually talking about here in that that verse, verse 27, where it says, give no opportunity to the devil. That the longer you let anger sit in your heart, the more likely it is to become sin. And when it becomes sin, the devil's got you right where he wants you. He's got you right where he wants you. You're trapped Give no opportunity to the devil because of your anger. Or some of your Bibles actually say like foothold or like a place. Don't give him any inch. Take care of that anger as soon as you recognize it. So how should we navigate our anger? What should we do with our anger? What does even maybe a form of, of righteous anger look like? We're going to see that this morning in, uh, from Jesus' life in Matthew chapter 21. So go ahead and turn in your Bibles. If you have them, it's also going to appear on the screen. And this is a moment in Jesus' life uh, where he does show some anger. And it happens shortly after he comes into Jerusalem. Uh, You can see at the top of verse 21 in your Bible, it might say something like the triumphal entry. So Jesus is here. He's ridden on the donkey into Jerusalem. In uh, a few days, he would be, be crucified. And, uh, but somewhere in there between when he comes into Jerusalem and when he is arrested and crucified, he actually goes into the temple in Jerusalem, which the temple, you guys uh, may or may not know, that was a place of, of worship. That was a place where people went to pray, where they went to sacrifice, where they went to be as close with God as uh, was humanly possible at the time. And so Jesus comes in and a group of people were not quite treating the temple like that. They weren't quite treating it like a place uh, to commune with God, and that made him angry. So let's see. Verses 12 through 14 is where we're going to be this morning. Pretty short and sweet, and then we'll, we'll kind of pull three things from this passage that we see from Jesus. Here we go. Verse 12 says, And Jesus entered the temple, like we just talked about, and he drove out all who sold and bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. He said to them, wait, why are pigeons there? He said to them, verse 13, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you make it a den of robbers. 
verse 14, and the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. Pretty interesting. Why are there, why is there money in the temple? Why is there uh, pigeons in the temple, right? So Jesus comes in and he finds these people doing things that would have been kind of normal at the time. There, were, there was a place where money changing was happening, which was basically this, is that it, when people came to Jerusalem or they came to the temple and they needed to maybe make a purchase, buy a sacrifice, which we'll talk about in a minute, they, they may have had a different currency than was being used. So they might come and they have like pesos or they've got, uh, you know, some sort of like European currency or something, euros, uh, and, and they, need, they need dollars. And so they say, hey, I've got this many pesos and then somebody in the temple would give them the appropriate amount of dollars, right? That was something that was happening in the temple. Why are there pigeons here? Well, pigeons, uh, you may not know this or or think about this when you read about Jesus's life, but the Jewish people for thousands of years, they sacrificed animals to God. Why do they do that? Seems kind of weird. Well, they, they sacrificed animals to keep them in right standing with God. And one of those animals that actually the poor would have sacrificed was pigeons. So poor people, those who, who didn't have as much money as others, they, they would come in and, and they would come to buy an animal to sacrifice and their animal would have been one of these pigeons. So Jesus comes in, he sees those things happening, but not quite like they're supposed to. And this is what got Jesus angry. The, the people who were changing money, they would have said, hey, oh, you've got enough pesos. We're just using that as a currency. You've got enough pesos for $10? Well, you give me those pesos and I'm going to give you $2. And they would keep the rest for themselves, right? They were ripping people off in the house of God. The, the whole pigeon thing, what was up with the pigeon thing? Oh, hey, a pigeon costs $5, but for you, it's 25 and already the poor were the ones who were buying the pigeons, so they had like hardly any money to begin with, and now these jerks, these religious leaders in the temple, in the house of God, in this place that's supposed to be hey, the closest that we can get to God to begin with, they're upcharging, right? They're making people pay more, they're ripping people off and becoming wealthy themselves. That made Jesus furious, furious. Righteous anger. Why, why was he so upset? This is kind of the first point for this morning. He, he was upset because people that he was there to love, people who were outcasts, people who were poor, people who were down on their luck, people, people who needed help and needed hope were being ripped off. They were being mistreated by the people in the temple of God. Jesus was angry because Others were being mistreated. And not just other people were being mistreated, but they were making a mockery of God himself. Like they were using God's space that that was set up for him and and by him in order to to steal from people. Jesus, Jesus said, this was meant to be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. Can you imagine that? People in the church ripping off other people, and, and, and specifically ripping off people who were poor, were, were less fortunate, and yet, guys, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I don't think it happens here at our church, but I know for a fact that it still happens in our world today. That people are taken advantage of, and sometimes they're taken advantage of in the name of God. And that makes Jesus furious. Now, now pull back on that and think about your own anger for a second. What makes you more upset when Someone else is mistreated or when you're mistreated? 
Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about what, what actually makes you angry? Is it when somebody mistreats you and hates on you, says something about you or your mom? Like, or, or is it, is it when, when somebody else is mistreated and you see somebody who, who already needs help in the position that they're in and somebody comes and just kicks dirt in their face or, or maybe like kicks them in their face, right? Like what makes you more upset? Here's an interesting thing to think about in Jesus's life. We know for a fact Jesus had haters, right? We know he did. He had people who wanted him arrested. He had, he had people who wanted him dead. He had, he had all kinds of people who were against him. And yet, interestingly enough, we never see Jesus upset because of that. Isn't that kind of interesting? And we definitely never see him retaliate against people because of how they mistreated him. In fact, one of the biggest examples of the opposite of this is on the cross. People are literally killing Jesus. And he looks up to the Father and says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. But what about when we get mistreated, right? Oh, you guys, you guys know, you guys know. When we're mistreated, when we're angry because somebody's mistreated us, whoo, it gets the gears turning in our mind, and here's the things I would do to them if I found them in a dark alley, right? Like, it gets turning, and then when you actually have the opportunity to say something, you choose to say the meanest, nastiest things to them, and maybe even sometimes you've gotten, like, in a little physical tussle with them, but, but Jesus, Jesus actually does kind of the opposite of that, right? In fact, actually, we, we, do, we do see what Jesus does. Jesus, instead of like flipping people, you could say, he flips tables, right? He comes up into the temple. He literally flips tables. Money's flying. Pigeons are literally flying everywhere, right? And Jesus, Jesus comes in, and out of, out of his righteous anger, he's overturning the system. He's cleansing the temple. He's pushing these tables and all this, uh, uh, all this robbery. He's pushing it out of the temple. He's cleansing the temple, if you will. But don't, don't miss this. He doesn't like, hey, right? I don't know if you saw the, the UFC fights last night, but he doesn't use any of those moves, mixed martial art moves on these people to get them out. He flips the tables and moves their stuff out of the way, right? But again, when we're angry, our anger is not directed at like the stuff that people are doing most of the time, but it's actually directed at the people themselves. Isn't that Interesting. Jesus flips the tables and he, and he cleanses the, the temple of what's going on. This is, this is important because the third thing that I want you to see is in Jesus' cleansing, it's, it's more than just that he's cleansing the temple, but it's getting to the real reason that he was here on earth to begin with, which is about our hearts and cleansing our hearts. And, and when Jesus was angry, his anger always had an outlet in the form of love. When Jesus was angry, it, it never just was anger for anger's sake or in the end was just like this great showing of how powerful or awesome he was. But it was, it, was, it was a showing of how powerful he was, how awesome he was, because of how he loved people. How, how do we know that this ended in love for Jesus? Verse 14 tells us that after the temple is cleansed, after all of the, the robbers are, are moved out of the way, Jesus is helping them see the real reason that he's here people come in verse 14 says the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them jesus cleanses the temple he cleanses these people of their blindness of their sickness and and i gotta think that all along he's inviting them to this ultimate cleansing of their hearts so what does it look like when you get angry do you, do you get 
so angry and so frustrated because people are mistreating you or, or, or are you far more angrier over the, the injustices in the world that are done to other people? Maybe even, even people that you know, right? Are you, when you're angry, do you, do you try to like fix the issue that's at hand or do you try to flip people over or another kind of flipping that involves people? Like, like what, what do you do with your, your anger? What does it look like? I think we all can learn something from Jesus in this moment. And, and then maybe the biggest thing of all for us to know that's, that's happening to ask God to do more of is this cleansing. Like how do, how do we get to the point where our anger looks like the righteous anger we see of Jesus here? I think that it only happens when we truly start to live out of the newness of life that God's given us, this cleansing of our hearts. And we let the Holy Spirit guide us, not our emotions of anger. And that when we start to see anger bubbling up, that we would listen to his call, his invitation, hey, catch, catch yourself. If you start to send yourself getting angry, hey, take some steps back. Take some big breaths. Go to your room, be by yourself, get away, and practice the fruit of self-control. It's hard, it's difficult, it's not easy, but it's part of the life that Jesus has invited us into. We're going to do something uh, that I think is actually pretty important. So if you're going to, if, if you would, bow your heads and close your eyes. And here's what I'm going to do. I think that part of this, part of learning to live like Jesus is realizing that if you've put your faith and trust in Jesus' life, then you now have a new identity. You don't have to be ruled by your emotions anymore. You get to be ruled and guided by the Holy Spirit. And so what I'm going to do right now is remind you guys of a few things that God says are true about you if you are a child of God. So here we go. If you are a child of God, that means you have trusted in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You are forgiven. Because of Jesus' work at the cross, you're forgiven. All, all of your sins, he doesn't hold it against you any longer. And yet so many of us are angry because we haven't accepted this forgiveness. We feel stuck in our sin. But you are forgiven. If you are a child of God in this room this morning, you are free. You're free. You're free from sin, you're free from death, you're free from condemnation, you are free. And yet I know there's many of us in here who are angry because we, we feel the very opposite of free. Feel like we'll, we'll never get out of the sin that we're in, we'll never, we'll never be able to truly live the life that he's called us to, but you are free. If you are a child of God, you, you are just that. You are his child and nothing can take that away. Yet I know that many of us in here, we struggle with that. We don't realize every day that that's our identity and some of that results in this anger. We identify ourselves by our emotions or by our social status or by our 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 monetary status, we, we, we identify ourselves by all these different things instead of remembering that we are his child. And then last but not least, if you are in this room and you've trusted in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are loved. 
You're loved more than you could ever hope, dream, or imagine, and you are loved by God. The creator of the universe, he knows all the hairs on your head. He knows all of your ins and outs, your quirks, your oddities, the, the things that you're really good at, the things that you're really bad at. He knows the, the depths of your sin, and yet he loves you. And nothing can ever change that. God, help us to live out of our true identity in you. So th- these things are, are true of us and so much more because of the cleansing that Jesus came to do. Help us to believe that. Help us to live it. Help us to have self-control over things like our anger. May we follow in the footsteps of Jesus, his example of righteous anger. We love you, Lord. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.